Chapter Two of Miss D. Dunmore Bryant by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Two: The Delicious Secret. The way Mrs. Bryant and Line had come to understand some of Daisy's wishes was in this fashion: Daisy, in one of her thoughtful hours, had asked, "Mother, what does troth mean?" "Troth," repeated Ben, looking puzzled. "Don't you mean trough?" daisy put down her head on her mother's arm to laugh before she answered she knew what trough meant and felt sure her word was very different tell me how you have seen it used said mrs bryant musing how best to explain the word to her eight-year-old daughter why in miss sutherland's study there is a motto hanging on the wall a new one it was not there last week and it says on it in lovely gold and brown letters keep troth oh said mrs bryant why daisy suppose you and somebody you love very much had promised each other some dear and pleasant thing and your friend to keep you always reminded of your promise should buy or paint for you a motto with those words on it if you understood the words as often as you looked at them they would say to you be faithful to your pledge daisy's eyes were shining why mother she said i think that is lovely couldn't anybody think it was a motto from jesus to remind us of our promises to him it was a very pleasant smile that mrs bryant gave daisy then her little daughter certainly had some choice thoughts i think anybody might she said that is if anybody thought of it and she wondered how many who used the word thought of jesus and the pledges he was willing to exchange with them silence for a few minutes ben had gone back to his arithmetic but he was still thinking of the new word its meaning was certainly very different from that of trough presently daisy prefacing her words with a gentle little sigh which she often used i think mottoes are lovely they seem to belong to studies they fit them a great deal better than pictures i think they say things to you you know well so do pictures some of them but i would just love to have a motto for our study i could make a cardboard one if i had the cardboard but they cost ten cents apiece and then there's the silk the sentence closed with another little sigh that was the first the family heard of the motto but not the last daisy often spoke of it she did not know she thought aloud so much she did not dream that her pitiful little sacrifice at last of her dear plan almost broke her mother's heart then line went to thinking and planning and the mother helped and ben helped and on thanksgiving morning what did daisy's astonished eyes behold when she entered the study but a motto in a lovely frame hanging by a crimson cord in just the right place on the wall peace and plenty were the words which smiled down on her but there was more to the motto than this it was decorated with leaves and flowers and the centerpiece was a figure which daisy promptly named an angel scattering flowers or fruits or something over the land it is true the lettering on this centerpiece spelled september and the month was november that word had been a trial to line and ben for a week 
they had discussed and abandoned various plans for covering it but daisy after she had exulted over every pretty thing about it had hinted that she plainly saw the troublesome word by saying peace and plenty those just exactly fit thanksgiving don't they and how pretty that word september will be next fall because you know mottoes are for all the year round at which both line and ben had laughed as they kissed her and ben said she ought to be named sunshine instead of daisy where did the motto come from why it was cut out of an old magazine that a boy in the store had given to ben and pasted on the cover of an old box and covered neatly by line with some white satin paper given her at the paper factory and banded with gilt strips which came from the same place as for the crimson cord mrs bryant had produced it from a packed-away box of long-ago treasures it used to belong to an old picture that has faded out now she said with a smile which played around lips that quivered and line and ben handled the cord tenderly and spoke low for the next few minutes but what a joy that motto was to daisy it is so true she said dancing about it gleefully that thanksgiving morning we are just as peaceful as we can be not a bit of trouble anywhere have we mother and as for plenty you know the chicken is very big and you know there are to be mashed potatoes and baked sweet apples and milk and the chicken is to be stuffed just like a turkey i'm sure the motto fits in fact i don't suppose you can understand what the surprise was to daisy unless you love beauty as well as she did and have as few things with which to gratify the taste moreover the motto had a mission it was suggestive the walls of the little cottage were not lathed and plastered were not even painted their weather-stained unsightliness had been among daisy's trials on that very afternoon when the work was all done the kitchen in exquisite order and deserted and the family were gathered at leisure in the study mrs bryant having promised not to sew a stitch because it was thanksgiving daisy gazing at the beloved motto exclaimed mother oh mother why couldn't we cover the walls with pictures mrs bryant laughed you dear little dreamer she said where do you suppose the pictures are to come from and how much paste and time do you suppose it would take oh but i don't mean all at once be a long long time you know and take just a tiny teaspoonful of flour at a time we could afford that couldn't we when we found a real pretty picture anywhere paste it up in a nice place and in a great many months the walls would be covered it was impossible not to laugh at the bright face and dancing eyes and there was something so funny about it to line and ben that they laughed loud and long mrs bryant was the first to recover voice it is a pretty thought she said and i will certainly try to furnish the spoonful of flour for my share but we have almost no chances for pictures darling and i'm afraid you will be old and gray before the walls are covered well said daisy cheerily then i will put on my spectacles and sit down and enjoy them but daisy's ideas were not generally allowed to drop she kept eagerly at hers until the others absorbed a little of her enthusiasm 
and mrs bryant confessed that she had a picture laid away in a box which she had kept for a long time the box was brought out and its contents turned over and enjoyed it was a queer collection of old half-worn treasures a shoe that belonged to the baby who died the tiny waist of the first dress line ever wore a queer little tintype of daisy herself when she was a wee baby in it she had many fingers because she would wiggle them but the picture on which daisy's fingers immediately pounced was one of a mother bending over an old-fashioned cradle in which lay a sleeping baby while outside in the dooryard and in the distance away up the hillside many sheep and lambs were resting on the grass or frisking about in the sunshine what a lovely lovely picture daisy said how very pretty it would be for christmas if we could only get it framed and hung by christmas time wouldn't it be splendid we couldn't have it so nice as my beautiful peace and plenty picture of course but couldn't we make some kind of a frame don't you think there's the baby and the sheep and there's one shepherd it just fits while shepherds watched their flocks by night all seated on the ground you know only he didn't have such a cradle did he mother because you know it says for his cradle was a manger and his softest bed was hay don't you believe line we could fix it up subjects were very much mixed in our little daisy's mind but she knew exactly what she meant so did her listeners she was so eager and happy and resolute that it was impossible not to enter into the spirit of the matter with her and before the family went to bed on that thanksgiving night a wonderful frame had been planned and the place selected for the christmas picture to hang but though daisy bryant's heart was so set on furnishing a study she thought of other things beside books never a little girl of eight who loved her dolly better than daisy did her arabella aurelia much of her thinking was done with this treasure in her arms and between the pauses of her wisest remarks she frequently bent over and kissed her darling you would like me to stop just here and describe that doll baby was it china or wax or just common cloth that is one of the questions you know you want answered very well i will tell you it was neither cloth nor china nor yet wax but just plain wood a wooden dolly you never heard of such a thing how could its nose and eyes and ears be made were they carved or only painted alas i shall have to admit the sorrowful fact it had no eyes nor ears nor nose nor even mouth though i'm afraid it would have grieved its little mother to the heart to have had these defects talked about the truth was that arabella aurelia was once the arm of that large old-fashioned rocker which i told you had become mrs bryant's sewing chair she wore for every day a neat dark calico apron of mrs bryant's and on full dress occasions a ruffled white dress which had been daisy's own until time had worn it into shabbiness besides making it too short and too narrow for daisy but arabella aurelia was very thin so the worn places on the waist folded in out of sight and not having any arms of her own the fact that there were no sleeves left to the dress did not trouble her at all 
she really looked very nicely in it daisy loved her much as i said and kissed her often but it became evident in the course of time that she had many thoughts about her for instance one evening when the child lay flat on her lap and she was regarding it gravely she said mother if i had a really truly baby what do you suppose i'd name it what do you mean daisy a little sister or brother oh no i mean a doll baby but a really one why i don't know you would name it arabella aurelia after this one wouldn't you daisy shook her head emphatically oh no mother i never should i shouldn't like those names for a truly dolly why you know she began again after a thoughtful pause during which time she seemed to be trying to put into shape some ideas which puzzled her i don't know that i can explain it but of course this is not a really doll baby she hasn't any eyes nor mouth and i have to make believe about her all the time daisy sank her voice almost to a whisper apparently making believe that arabella aurelia could hear and not wishing to hurt her feelings but if i had a real doll with all those things which term covered the accidents of eyes mouth and other features why i wouldn't name her such a sort of make-believe name you know mother you wouldn't like to name your own daughter arabella aurelia now would you i don't believe i should said mrs bryant laughing although there did seem something pitiful in the fact that the wooden dolly beloved though she was had after all so little genuineness about her even to daisy's imagination well said daisy with a quickly smothered sigh that is just the way i feel if i had a truly dolly i should want her named mary or caroline or sarah or some name which belongs whereupon she caught up arabella aurelia and covered her wooden face with kisses wasn't that just too pitiful for anything line said after daisy was sound asleep for the night to hear that mouse go on about that old wooden arm mother i do wish we could get daisy a truly dolly for christmas mrs bryant sighed and sewed and shook her head we might make a body she said if we could get a pattern and we could make a suit of clothes for it at odd minutes but i'm afraid we can't manage the head this year line it is going to be close work you know yes line knew it and ben knew it he looked at the patches on his shoes and at the place where more patches were needed and shook his head and said nothing he needed new shoes but at that minute he felt willing to wear patched ones forever if he could only get a truly dolly for daisy the little girl hugged her wooden one close and kissed it more rapturously if possible than ever but put no more of her thoughts about it into words intended for the family yet what was in her heart found occasional vent in words murmured to arabella aurelia you are a dear good dolly if you are made of wood she sometimes said between tender kisses you never cry and you never pull my hair like some babies to be sure you can't because you have no arms nor mouth but then i don't believe you would if you could 
one morning she came from miss sutherland's with a package of soiled linen wrapped up in a half sheet of newspaper having disposed of the contents she retired with her newspaper to the study whither she always went to read no matter what hour of the day it was here she sat long reading at first then with hands folded in her lap eyes on the floor thinking mrs bryant who was hurrying about preparing to take her collars and cuffs from their foamy bath glanced at her occasionally and wondered what was being planned presently came the earnest little voice which very often had a wistful note in it that went to the mother's heart mother do you suppose somebody would want to name a dolly after me i should think almost anybody might be glad to mrs bryant said looking at the neat little figure in dark blue calico with a ruffle at her throat my whole name daisy isabel bryant why not well but it might not go well with her last name the dolly's mother's name you know and then again it might said mrs bryant smiling now in spite of her efforts to carry on her part of the conversation with becoming gravity what has put that idea into your mind why i was thinking that it was almost christmas time and there would be a great many new dollies and a great many names would have to be found for them and i was thinking what if some very nice little girl should have a lovely dolly and name her after me it would be almost like me having one the sentence ended with a patient little sigh it was some minutes before mrs bryant could make any answer then she said that is a very nice thought and as people generally make presents to their namesakes perhaps during the winter you could make some pretty little thing for her to wear for instance i have something which i think would make her a hat do you know any little girls who are going to have new dollies daisy's eyes had danced as she listened but over this question she grew grave yes'm she said but i don't mean any of them i should like my namesake to live in a house where there was a piano and a room made of glass all for flowers and a study not like ours you know but a truly one well ours is truly what there is of it because we do have books she looked approvingly at the bible arithmetic and history and we study there but i mean a real large study with rows and rows of books and maps and history pictures and oh mother you know just what i mean don't you it seems as though i must have my namesake live in such a house as that but you don't know any little girls who live in such houses darling no ma'am i wasn't thinking of any little girls whom i know in this paper i brought home there are ever so many letters from girls and boys some of them younger than i am they write to the editor of the paper and ask questions and tell things i was wondering if i couldn't write to him and ask him to speak about it to the little girls who take his paper now daisy's writing was much crookeder than her thoughts generally were truth to tell she did not like to write very well the process was so much slower than thinking and the lines were so determined to be crooked that by the time the third one from the copy was written it looked like this readers note illustration of a copy book the first line is very straight and neat the next three lines in a juvenile hand 
progressively more and more crooked. End reader's note. As for Daisy, by the time the writing lesson was done, she looked utterly discouraged. Her mother had often wished that her little girl had some correspondent, that she might become interested in letter writing, but she had not expected any scheme like this. There were many difficulties in the way, and Daisy was particular as to the style of paper to be used, but she was, as usual, persevering. In the course of two or three days, there was written, signed, and sealed the following letter. Dear Mr. Editor, I am a girl eight years old. My hair is brown, so are my eyes. I have no dolly, only a wooden arm to the old rocking chair. It broke off and couldn't be mended, so we made a dolly of it. She is very nice, I love her dearly, but of course she has no mouth, nor eyes, nor anything of that kind. Her name is Arabella Aurelia. She had to be named kind of queerly, on account of being queer herself. But what I wanted to write to you about is to know if you would ask the little girls who take your paper, if they would not be so kind— only one of them, of course, as to name a new Christmas dolly after me. My name is Daisy Isabel Bryant. I think that would be a pretty name for a dolly, only perhaps rather long, unless the last name was quite short. I suppose the Isabel might be left out, and have only Daisy Bryant, only I like Isabel very much. I would have named Arabella Aurelia after me, but I couldn't quite like to, on account of her not having eyes nor arms. I don't expect to have a new dolly myself ever, because there are a great many things to get first, and by the time they are all got, I suppose I shall be too old for dolls. So I thought I would ask this favor of your little girls. If it can be done, just as well as not, I would like my namesake to live in a house which has a study, where they keep a great many books, because I like books myself, and we have a beginning of a study ourselves in the front part of mother's kitchen, only it has but three books in it yet. Our books were burned in the fire, but I am very fond of them, and I mean to have rows and rows of them some day, so I thought I'd like to have my namesake grow up among them. Mother thinks you probably won't print this letter, because, in the first place, we don't take your paper, and in the second place it is too long. I mean the letter is, you know. But I couldn't make it any shorter and tell you the things you need to know, could I? And we don't take any paper at all, since my father died. And so if you will just please tell the little girls about it, maybe some of them will. And I thank you very much indeed. I am your true friend, Daisy Isabel Bryant. Over this letter there were many family councils and, on the part of Line and Ben, more or less objections. But Mrs. Bryant was disposed to let her little girl have her own way in the matter. So at last the letter was addressed and stamped, and dropped in the post-box. "'That is the last you'll hear of that,' said skeptical Ben. "'Oh, I don't know,' said faithful Daisy. "'I can think about a dolly who is perhaps my namesake.' and when I'm a grown-up woman I may meet her. I should love her all the same, even if it didn't happen until I was twenty years old. End of chapter 2